Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Herbert under center. Eckler takes the handoff. Lowers the shoulder. There we go. Touchdown, Chargers. Austin Eckler for the second time today. Slam that door shut. Well, I know Austin Eckler wanted to go to the Pro Bowl, but he wants to go to the playoffs more, and that's where he and the Chargers are going to be headed. Man, last time we were going to playoffs, I remember I was in a neck brace. Like, Melvin Gordon was in double knee brace. We were banged up with no linebackers, so, and know, uh, we got two more games left. Looking forward to putting the team together. Offensively, we've got to get it together. Defense has got to keep playing at the caliber that they're playing, and, uh, man, I'm excited for us. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. I am Jay Croucher, and I'm drinking by myself today. It is noon on Peacock, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere, including maybe where Matthew Berry is. Matthew, where are you, my friend? I'm in Florida. I'm in the great state of Florida, my friend. It's, it's the only week that the kids have off from school. God bless them. Wow. So in, as you know, I have five kids. So uh, so Jay, the, uh, the the powers that be at NBC and Peacock, God bless them, said, yeah, we'll do this by Zoom this week. Go, go to Florida, have fun, spend time with your family. And by family, of course, I mean a Zoom call with you, Jay. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. I thought maybe your, uh, your Jacksonville Jaguars fan shtick had become a reality and you know you want to get a little bit closer to trevor lawrence but anyway i'm looking forward to why does it have to be one or the other jay why does it have to be one or the other absolutely all right should we talk about do you want to talk about colts charges in florida do you want to ruin the sunshine talk a little no, uh, i do not talk a little nick falls i think we should discuss. but I, i'm contractually required to talk about them so sure all right knock yourselves out what do you got for me well firstly i want to say that that game last night was a horrible demonstration of the sport of football, but a magnificent demonstration for fantasy and betting because unless you had a bet on that game or unless there were fantasy implications, there was nothing. But there were some incredible happenings, some incredible Monday night miracles and bad beats. And uh, this is from uh, Nathan Garrison. The last offensive play by the Colts was a seemingly meaningless six-yard pass to Michael Pittman that was exactly what I needed to make it to the championship game. Every play matters, every inch matters, as Al Pacino once said in any given Sunday. From Chad uh, Mazoian, I'm going to say, we willed it into existence. A bagel by Gerald Everett sends me to the championship. Chad had a .2 lead and gets it home with the bagel. Thanks, Justin Herbert, for nothing, says at Skitty P123. Uh, Justin Herbert, not the, most, uh, not the most flashy game from Herbert last night as he punches his ticket to the playoffs for the first time in his career, but fancy managers were hoping for a little bit more. I mean, start wherever you want, Matthew. What did you make of this awful game? Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you whatever you want. I mean, I, I mean the, you know, the bagel by Gerald Everett, that's amazing, right? The guy goes in a thing. Like, literally all Gerald Everett needs is to catch one pass, and I'm going to move on to the finals. And, of course, 
a zero. I always say that, you know, speaking into existence, what do you need tonight? One guy said, I need a bagel from Gerald Everett, and he got it there. Uh, but I think the big fantasy storyline from the Chargers side is Justin Herbert. Like, Justin Herbert is like the greatest, worst fantasy quarterback ever. Like, we see the skill set, right? We see the rocket arm. We see the mobility. We see all the intangibles. And yet, this is now in the fantasy playoffs, back-to-back games with under 10 fantasy points. You know, um, he, as you see there, right, it's his fewest pass attempts since week 11. In the four games prior, right, uh, in the four games prior, he had um, he had attempted over 40 pass attempts uh, here and then in last night against the Colts, just 31. Part of the issue, of course, is Indianapolis. They have to make it somewhat competitive. But I think the weird thing here, Jay, is if you notice, is that when they get in close, they've gone much more run heavy. Last two weeks, the Chargers have an 83% rush rate inside the red zone compared to just 33% through the first 14 weeks of the season. And and so, like, it's as people who have Austin Eckler on the team, friend of the podcast, Austin Eckler, friend of fantasy, that's great. But literally over the last two weeks, the Chargers have had the highest red zone rush rate in the NFL. And when you have Justin Herbert on your team, that is bad news. Now, they play the Rams at home next week, uh, you know, a resurgent Rams defense that shut down 265 million dollar man russell wilson and got nathaniel hackett fired um but i don't know like it's weird to say you can't trust justin herbert but if you've made it to the finals at this point jake can you trust justin herbert next week well two things firstly your pink polo is doing plenty uh it's growing on me as the show goes on secondly i think with herbert There is some weird stuff where last week they play for a stretch Malik Willis and a gimpy Ryan Tannehill, and then this week they play the Colts offense. And I think Brandon Staley is known for being ultra-aggressive. I think that he's been kind of by choice conservative these past two games because he's known that they don't really need to score that much to get the win while they're trying to book their spots of the playoffs. So I think that that has triggered, to your point, uh, Austin Eckler more touches in the red zone. And now they play the Rams, and this game, like, it's still... It is meaningful for the Chargers and they can still fight for the five seed, which is really important in the AFC because you don't want to play Cincinnati in the first week. Uh, But they're only six and a half point favorites against the Rams. The total is only 40 and a half in at SoFi. So not expecting it to be uh, a guns blazing uh, fantasy fiesta. So look, with Herbert, it's a little bit weird. I still think you can do obviously far worse, but you're not... You're not expecting Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow-level production out of Herbert, but the one guy on that offense in the past game that I think you can expect greatness from is Keenan Allen, who has had a weird season, obviously missed a lot of time with the hamstring, but he has been a monster the past month. The past month, he's had 51 targets over the past four games, so he's the guy that you can count on in this Chargers pass game. Well, right. I mean, the connection – and by the way, it's no surprise that Justin Herbert's season, even though he's had single-digit fantasy points each of the last two weeks, it's taken off since Keenan Allen came back into the game. Since he returned in Week 11, this is the guy – this guy is the 12th best wide receiver in fantasy. To your point about the targets, he's had double-digit targets in three of the last four games, a 30% target share over the last four weeks. You see this play. If he hadn't stepped out, he's taking it to the house. You know, just a, just a great play. Unfortunately, one foot gets out. Uh, abounds and yeah find somebody who looks at you the way that Justin Herbert looks at Keenan Allen since week 13 as you see it there on your screen uh he is second among wide receivers in targets 
since week 13 again. So uh, again, I just Keenan Allen just, you know, I think there were questions like, ah, is he on the, coming into the season? Is he on the wrong side of 30? Worried about the the injury, and that did that did you know happen, right? He was out for such a long time with that hamstring injury, but since he's come back, he's been everything you hoped for and that much more. Just really ridiculous. We talked about this yesterday on Fantasy Football Happy Hour, Jay. One of our one of our favorite bets going into Monday Night Football last uh, last night was over 60 and a half receiving yards for Keenan Allen. We talked about how he'd hit 80 and four of the last five how bad the, the Colts were against the slot. And not only, not only did it hit that number, but he hit that number in the first half. Like, you cashed that bet at halftime. So, Keenan Allen locked in wide receiver one. I still think you feel good about Mike Williams on this team as well. Not as productive a game, but, you know, he, he had Gilmore on him some last night. Whatever, Mike Williams is going to be fine. Not worried about him. Eckler's a star. It is what it is. The only other thing from the Chargers, the two things from the Chargers for me, or, um, or again, Gerald Everett, who for a while there in the preseason or in the early parts of the season, Jay, felt like, you know, kind of a low-end tight end one, someone that you felt was like a viable part of this offense. But he's just disappeared recently, and now he's, you know, a beg for a touchdown, hope he falls into the end zone tight end two. If you're playing him next week, um, Rams did give up. The, the only touchdown they did give up last week was to a tight end, but still it would be tough to trust Everett after his bagel uh, in a game in which you know the Colts didn't put up much uh, much of a uh, uh, of a fight, and then how about the Chargers defense bolt up? Derwin James gets uh, get you know gets kicked out of this game, and yet still, I uh, shout out to my my uh, my old college roommate Chris Lindsay. Chris Lindsay was down twenty in his fantasy semifinal, picked up the Chargers defense. He that was all he had. The other guy was done. He needed twenty five from the Chargers defense. He got twenty five from the Chargers defense in his league scoring. So um, my buddy, Chris, my college roommate, Chris, moving on to the finals. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, Santa brings gifts. So does Nick Foles. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, speaking of Nick Foles, you're in Florida. The sun is beaming through. It looks like a pretty nice climate. I'm still in Connecticut where it's freezing. I'm going to bring you back to Connecticut, Matthew, in this climate. Let's talk about Nick Foles. Last night, he was 17 of 29, three picks, 29 dropbacks, gets sacked seven times by a Chargers pass rush that wasn't elite by any means coming into this Colts game. We talked about ESPN's QBR yesterday, how it's a quarterback rating on a scale of 0 to 100. Nick Foles was 3.4 QBR last night. He was horrific, and the line... Uh, against the Giants on Sunday. The Colts go to New Jersey. Before the game, the line was Giants minus three. After what Nick Foles served up last night, the line right now is minus five and a half. So a two and a half point swing going through three, uh, beyond three as well after what Foles did. And I think the question becomes here, because obviously you're not going to start Nick Foles against the Giants, but is there anyone on this Colts offense that you can feel good about in fantasy next week? Okay, so good is a relative term, but do I think that potentially there could be some usage if you're truly desperate in Zach Moss? I do. I mean, you know, last two games he's had uh, 37 touches. He got 12 of 13 running back touches last night. Um, again, game script did not work for them against the Chargers, but the Giants, the Giants have really struggled against the run. And so Zach Moss, who actually got used in the passing game a little bit last night as well, could be like a... Hope for a touchdown. I'm truly desperate. Flex. 
against the Giants. But, yeah, I mean, Foles was bad. The offensive line was bad. Nick Foles, as you mentioned, sacked seven times. Worth noting that head coach Jeff Saturday, as a starting center in the NFL, in a 15-year career, gave up only five sacks. The Colts last night gave up more sacks than Jeff Saturday did in his entire career. Now, again, centers don't always give up sacks, but still, 15, 15 years, man only gives up five sacks, and one night his offensive line gives up seven. Jay, that's hashtag bad. Yeah, that's very hashtag bad. And I think that, yeah, I mean, Michael Pittman would be, I think, a guy that a lot of people will be grappling with. I just think you can't start him after what Foles served up after the, the Giants defense at least the past defense is getting a little bit better as well with the emergence of Kayvon Thibodeau I think a Dory Jackson might come back this week as well so I think it's just it's Zach Moss and there you're not feeling comfortable either and then every other every other cult is just a complete write-off I think uh yeah and anything yeah, else no, on the, and cult I, and the, the last thing I'll just say here is just in case people are wondering I think this is fairly well known but um uh but that the Colts are on the hook Um, There's an injury clause in Matt Ryan's contract. Mike Florio talked about this on our show last week. There's an injury clause in in Matt Ryan's contract. I want to say it's $17 million um, that if he gets injured and can't play next year, they're on the hook for $17 million. Now, he's already got next year guaranteed, but they don't want to pay millions more than they have to. So there's no chance Matt Ryan is coming back. They don't want him to get injured. You know, when Jeff Saturday came back, he said, I want to do it. I'm just going to put out my best team there. Um, But once they were officially eliminated from playoff contention, and they have been, uh, you're not going to see Matt Ryan. So it's really Nick Foles or Sam Ellinger. And I think we all saw from Ellinger just, you know, we had high hopes, but just not ready for prime time. The Colts, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but the Colts are uh, a bit of a mess there. Uh, One last thing to just sort of note, and this one's just a weird one. I, I was annoyed too because I had I in addition to in addition to taking the uh, the over on Keenan Allen at sixty and a half, which crushed. In addition to taking over one and a half field goals for Dicker the kicker, which also hit. Thank you very much. I took over Deion Jackson nine and a half receiving yards, and he winds up with nine. Just didn't play a lot of snaps. There are reports out there, hundred percent unconfirmed. Just so you know, they're from. They're not from any verified reporters or anything like that. But there have been some internet rumors that there was a a uh, verbal altercation between Jeff Saturday and Deion Jackson. Again, unconfirmed, but maybe, who knows, maybe there's just there's a reason why the Colts so quickly went away from Deion Jackson and have gone to Zach Moss. I think, to your point, the only Colt you could potentially trust next week is maybe Zach Moss, and you'd have to be in a deeper league, as a flex play at running back and really sort of squint and hope, okay, maybe maybe there's a chance he falls into the end zone here. Yeah, and Jeff Saturday did say after the game that Nick Foles will be starting uh, the last two games and Ellinger will be the backup, to your point, uh, that injury Fire up the Giants' 17. defense. 17.2 million. Yes, yeah, seriously. And also, just the last thing, Isaiah Rogers, who's been uh, excellent at corner for the Colts, he got injured. Kenny Moore, their slot uh, corner as well, he is out with an ankle. He didn't play, so looks like the... These vaunted Giants pass catchers, Darius Slayton, Richie James, Isaiah Hodge, they might be more useful uh, than they might previously have been against the Colts defense, which, to its credit, continues to play hard and didn't play badly last night by any means. But let's get to some Roto World headlines. 
And unfortunately, this is a repeat headline uh, for the third time. Tua Tagovailoa placed in concussion protocol. Uh, we think that, look, we don't know for certain, but it seemed like he did get injured uh, on a particular play against the Packers, after which he really struggled. Uh, but here is Mike McDaniel uh, on the Tua situation. As far as the, the game was concerned, there was, a, there was you know, no one um, recognized anything. Uh, with with regard to any sort of um, hit, I can't really tell you exactly when it was. I'm not totally positive on that, um, but it was it was something that um, you know he, he met with the doctors uh, um, today and discussed um, some uh, symptoms and they uh, from from that on, as you guys know from there on that's um, between two and the doctors and. Um, We'll, we'll move forward as information is uh, projected towards us. All right, so it's very obviously a messy situation. The, the expectation, I think, at this point is the tour is probably not going to play. BetMGM moved the line from Dolphins minus one and a half to Patriots minus two and a half. And look, he may, he may not have a concussion, but I think at this point, with everything that's happened, that it's unlikely that he will play. Obviously, we hope the tour gets better, but I think from a fantasy perspective it, it doesn't change too much given that Teddy Bridgewater uh, is one of the best backups in the league obviously you're going to start Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle the backfield is unclear regardless uh, but what do you make of this situation with Tua I think you've nailed it correctly Jay I mean I think listen the 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 headline here is is like we want Tua to be safe it's a scary situation like I mean given any player you know, um, hitting his head against the turf. And and so that play has been out there quite a bit um, in terms of where people think it may have happened and his head goes against the turf uh, as well. But in any player, you're like, how does this go undetected? Especially for, and here's here's the play right here, is for those of you watching on Peacock um, as well, like you just see his head go down just before he he flips the ball away. Um, So, you know, really, really a, a tough hit. You see his head go uh, uh, down really tough, you know, um, to see, oh, and you see the close-up right there. So it's scary to think about that any player going through that would not be, would would not have, be checked out. You know, McDaniel's talking about the fact, like, he just wasn't checked out. He admitted on Monday that he was feeling concussion-like symptoms. But especially to a tongue of Iloa, who's had such a, high-profile concussion, and, and there's been so much discussion, and they honestly, they changed the rules, right? I mean, they, they become much more stringent, not that they, they should have been beforehand, but, like, they, like they literally, like, the, you know, there was so much emphasis after that first one, that primetime game, you know, with it, where, you know, where his hands got all curled up, and anyway, so, yeah, the number one headline here is that we hope, we, we, we pray for player safety, and we want Tua Tungabailoa to get better, you know, and like your long-term health, forget your football career, your long-term health, your long-term quality of life is the most important thing. Uh, so I think I join everyone, including Jay, I know you already expressed this as well. I know everyone in the football world feels this way, including his Miami Dolphins family. So my expectation is the same, is that they will go to Teddy Bridgewater for the rest of the regular season and likely the rest of the year if they end up making the playoffs. And I think your analysis is spot on that, the downgrade from Tua to Teddy Bridgewater. By the way, Tua, from an NFL perspective, hadn't been great recently. 
you know, I mean, he was bad football-wise against the Packers. Now, maybe there's a reason why, right? Because, I mean, if he's playing with a concussion, suddenly there's maybe some uh, some explanation for it as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Waddle and Hill, you're absolutely starting. We'll see if we get some more clarity. It feels like both guys are kind of flex plays. Like, you know, Mostert was running well, and then he had the fumble. And then they went to Jeff Wilson, and Jeff Wilson cashed in the, the touchdown. They're playing the Patriots. I believe that game's in New England, right? Yep. Um, yeah, so the game, I mean, like, you're talking about a December game in New England. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, that is, uh, there are a lot of fantasy times. Fantasy teams have gone to die at Foxborough uh, when it's cold outside. I, I guess actually January. It, it'll be a, uh, it would be a, you know, an early January game. So um, I think both Dolphins running backs are basically flex plays. You hope for touchdown flex plays, but Waddle and Hill's value remain unchanged. And, you know, again, the most important thing here is that Tua get better. Yeah, I think this is a situation that, that transcends football, transcends everything that we talk about. So personally, I hope that Tua is not on the field uh, on Sunday and that it is Teddy Bridgewater. But we'll have to see how that plays out. Let's go to Baltimore. Uh, another situation with quarterback uncertainty. John Harbaugh said around Lamar Jackson's status for Sunday that we'll just have to see, which isn't great for the Sunday night football game between the Steelers and the Ravens. The line there is now Ravens minus three. The total is 36. Uh, So not expecting fireworks here. I mean, it's largely just the show goes on as it has been the past couple of weeks without Lamar Jackson. You're not feeling great about your Ravens, particularly with Mark Andrews. Not really revisiting the form and the connection he had with Tyler Huntley lately, but what do you make of the situation in Baltimore? So here's my question, Jay, and a very important question. I want you to answer me honestly here. Hmm. Do you want me? Do you want me to answer as a pure fantasy analyst, right? Yep. Or do you want me to answer as a a uh, a good company man and a happy and proud employee of NBC Universal? Mm, yeah, let's. Uh, I want honesty, Matthew, particularly because you're uh, you're in the sunshine in Florida. I just want hard honesty. We don't have to. We don't have to uh, muddy the waters on a game that uh, that a total is 36. So yeah, Florida man pulls no punches. Well then, as a, as an honest, Lamar Jackson ain't playing in this game. No, Lamar no, Jackson ain't playing in this game. Now listen again. Like I'm sure my bosses at NBC would. No, listen. There's a chance you got to tune in Sunday night. And watch, uh, you know, and watch Sunday night game on NBC and Peacock because I'm a company man. Like, and just to see, maybe there's a chance Lamar Jackson plays. I'm just going to tell you right now he ain't playing. And I'll tell you why. It's a contract year. He wants to be 100% healthy, obviously. The Steelers, this is always a nasty defense. It's a nasty team. Like, you know, like, you know what's good for your career? Not facing T.J. Watt. Here's the other thing. Uh, they have clinched a playoff spot. The Ravens have clinched this playoff spot. I don't believe if they if the Ravens win this game, that matters all that much. Uh, it's going to be a grinded-out game as well. The Ravens may feel like, you know, we can win with Huntley anyway. They'd certainly prefer to have Lamar Jackson out there, but I don't know. I mean, just it just feels like why would why would the Ravens risk Lamar Jackson? More importantly, why would Lamar Jackson risk Lamar Jackson? Again, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but just – you know, Lamar Jackson wants, you know, if Russell Wilson's worth a quarter of a billion dollars, what's Lamar Jackson worth? And, and so I just, against the Steelers team, again, they've already clinched the playoffs here. It just doesn't make sense 
for uh, Lamar Jackson for both personal and professional reasons to play in this game. I Anything's possible, I suppose. But um, as you see, John Harbaugh, uh, you know, about whether he's even going to practice this week, we'll just have to see. Remember, John Harbaugh also told us it was going to day-to-day, more like week-to-week. I mean, like, you know, Lamar Jackson, I don't believe, has played since, you know, I think it's, it feels like it's been three years since Lamar Jackson's actually played in the NFL. Like, I mean, I, he ain't playing. Yeah, it's the same situation as last year in a way where we kept expecting maybe Lamar will be back this week, this week, and then he just never came back. And like, I don't think we're going to see Lamar until week one of the playoffs, uh, honestly, because they have clinched that spot. They still do have the AFC North that is up for grabs. If they win against Pittsburgh, then they can have that week 18 against the Bengals basically be for the AFC North. But at the same time, the difference between being the five seed and playing Jacksonville or Tennessee week one versus going all out for the three seed and playing the Chargers probably week one, like I don't think that really matters enough to risk Lamar's health. It's also no guarantee that they would beat Cincinnati next week. So yeah, I don't I don't think we're going to see Lamar Jackson. And if we don't, I mean, it's just the same decisions, right, that we've been making the past couple of weeks where you still have to start Mark Andrews because he's Mark Andrews and a tight end. You don't feel great about the Dobbins-Edwards situation, but they're both probably flex plays at this point. Yeah, neither, 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 neither have passing game usage. Most of them, neither of them have been, you know, both of them have been hyper efficient. Like they're none of them are getting massive volume. You know, they're getting like twelve carries a game, and you're just hoping they break a long one or they get into the end zone. And so, because neither of them have passing game usage, and it's a low total, it's a tough defense. I mean, listen, the the Steelers just. You know, they're a different defense with T.J. Watt out there. They just shut down Josh Jacobs, who was as hot a running back as there was in fantasy football. And so, yeah, I don't think I, – I agree with you. I think you have to start Mark Andrews because, you know, you probably don't have a better option. But other than that, you don't feel great about any of the other Ravens skill players here. And the other piece of it is, is it might not just be the Ravens' decision. Again, I don't want to cast any aspersions on Lamar Jackson. And I don't know. I'm not in that locker room. I don't know the conversations that are going on. But just, you know, like – it's a conversation, right? The doctors say to Lamar, how do you feel? And if Lamar says, I'm not feeling great, okay, we're not playing you. We don't know how Lamar's actually feeling. But if Lamar says, like, I ain't feeling great, I don't feel 100%, they're not going to put him out there regardless of the reality. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not casting the position. I have no idea what Lamar Jackson may or may not say. I don't want to – I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm just saying – I'll put it this way. If I was Lamar Jackson – and I'm like, and I'm on a one-year deal. My, my team has yet has yet to step up and pay me what I want to be paid. And my team has already clinched a playoff spot. And, you know, and to your point, the odds of them winning the next two games and winning the AFC North don't look great just in general. Yeah, man, like I'll play the playoffs, but, you know, yeah. I'm not sitting. Anyway, that's what I would do. That's I'm what I would that. do. I'm not, I don't know what Lamar Jackson will do, but that's what I would do. Yep. Very unlikely Lamar Jackson plays Sunday night, but he might be more likely to play than Derrick Henry is to play Thursday night at this point. And here is Mike Vrabel on resting players for Thursday night's game. Well, I think we'll have to prepare this week and, and then, you know, see where guys are uh, on Wednesday and even Thursday, you know, before we, you know, ultimately make a decision, you know, and see... Um, you know, who, who you feel like could, 
could have a setback or who you know, could, could need some time. I think that there's you know, some things we'll have to look at. Yeah, so Mike Rabel's resting everyone after that. That was what I took out of that little soundbite. Uh, I don't think they are going to be playing anyone, particularly Derrick Henry, who was on the injury report with a hip. Uh, and look, the, thing, the key thing here is you have to look at precedent with how teams go about resting players. For instance, Dallas had a basically meaningless game against Philadelphia uh, last year in Week 18, and they played all their guys. Uh, whereas in 2019, the Titans, they had a situation where basically the exact same situation as this one, where Week 16 was meaningless for them. They rested Henry, and then Week 17, he goes for 211 yards and three touchdowns as they clinch a wild card berth. So I think that Henry is very little chance to play, uh, and then if he does play... It's going to be the Hassan, Hassan Haskins show, for better or worse. Jay, I couldn't agree more with this. There, uh, It's also, by the way, the Week 19 uh, situation that you, you talked about, I believe it was also on a Sunday. So in addition to adding and everything, all this, and the fact that the game does not matter, it all for the Titans, it all comes down to Week 18 against the Jaguars for the AFC South. It's also a short week. They're play, you know, Now you're asking Derrick Henry, who's taken so much punishment over the year and so much usage, to go out there on a short week against Dallas, like, like Derrick Henry ain't playing. Like, he's not going to play in any kind of significant way that you'd want to start him. The positives of this are is that I think reports will come out and we'll know prior to Thursday, so at least you'll have time to, you know, adjust prior to the week, week 17, and it just stinks. If, you know, you're going to get on your finals and you're not going to have your first-round pick in King Henry, but... I, it would be very surprising to see them play, especially when you consider not only is obviously Henry the centerpiece of their offense, but now with Ryan Tannehill out for the year and Malik Willis under center, like he's all they got. Derrick Henry is literally all they got. I mean, you know, all due respect, but Malik Willis just so far this year has not looked ready for prime time. Like he's going to need more experience and seasoning. And I don't feel good about, we didn't feel great about any of the, uh, Titans pass catchers with the the possible exception exception of Chig Aconquo. but other than uh, other than my guy Chig, like Robert Woods, like Nick Westbrook, Akina, like bleh, you know, like so. Right, your point is so Dontrell Hilliard went on IR last week, so he is out for the rest of the regular season. So Hassan Haskins is the guy that would would likely get the majority of the work for the Titans on Thursday night. It's worth noting over the last four weeks. The Cowboys are actually a bottom 12 rush defense. So, you know, I mean, like, given the the amount of volume that Haskins is likely to get in this game and a matchup that doesn't totally scare you, I mean, again, they'll probably be down big, but I just don't, I still think the Titans are going to continue to just run the ball. I I just, that is what they do. And and so uh, Haskins makes for an interesting pickup this week. Like, he's somebody, again, game script is negative, like, you know, you don't love it, right? I think when my ranks come up, he'll, he'll when my ranks um, come out this week tomorrow, he'll be a flex play for me. But uh, but I do think if you're looking for a starting running back, I think you know I think Haskins get it gets a lot of work. Yeah, I don't know that I want to start Hassan Haskins in a Week 17 final if I can help it, but you may not have a better chance. Better, you may not have a better choice. Yeah, and even if Henry by chance is active for this game, I wouldn't be starting him anyway because I don't think he's going to get 10 carries. Uh, and yeah. I, I just don't think he's going to play at all anyway. All right, and, thus... and I'll say something crazy here, though, Jay Crouch. You tell me if you agree with this or not. Hit me. 
just as we're talking about sort of, you know, uh, I'm super desperate for a running back. I actually prefer Hassan Haskins this week to Zach Moss. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. Just that I, I, I just I prefer the Titans offensive line to the Colts. He's not dealing with Deion Jackson. Like, I think Haskins gets more work than Deion Jackson. And I feel better about the Titans' commitment to the run game against Dallas, no matter what the score is, than the Colts' commitment to the run game against the Giants. Yeah. Hassan like, I Haskins have more confidence. League, league winner. Amazing. Well, I'm sorry? Hassan Haskins' league winner. Why not? I do think you're right. I do think there is much more scope Look, for Nick Foles hey, to throw the ball 40 times than for Malik Willis to throw it 40 times. Yeah, exactly. And, I, I mean, honestly, I, I have more confidence in Mike Vrabel and his staff to get them prepared on a short week and to play tough than I do about Jeff Saturday. And no disrespect to Jeff Saturday, but, I, you know, I mean, the Titans have a better franchise. They have a better team. They have more talent around around them than they do uh, than they do in Indianapolis. And the last thing is, is like, as crazy as it sounds, you, you know who was a league winner last year, who, who I know a lot of people played in the finals? Jared Patterson. Yeah. You know, because Antonio Gibson was out. No, seriously, people played – People played Jarrett Patterson last year in finals, and he played well. Like again, it just—I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened. Again, he's a flex play for me. He's a desperation flex play. But these are desperate times that we call for. Yeah. And yes, I like when my rankings come out tomorrow. Hassan Haskins will be ahead of Zach Moss. Crazy as though that may be. Yeah. All right. And thus concludes uh, Roto World headlines subtitle: He ain't playing. Let's jump to waiver-wide running backs now on that note. Headlined by a guy who's gotten a lot of scorn on this show, but has just shoved it right back in our face, and that's Cam Akers, who uh, just scores touchdowns for fun now. I mean, it's so weird. Cam Akers was a preseason fade for me, right? He was on my preseason hate list. And I was smart for about 13 weeks. Cam Akers was awful for, like, the first two, you know, three-fourths of the season. Just absolutely brutal. And then, ever since week 13, (laughs) he's been great, right? I mean, he's got six touchdowns in the last four weeks, as you see it there on your screen, and he's had over 100 yards from scrimmage each of the last two weeks, topping off with the the 25 for 147 and three touchdowns against the now Nathaniel Hackettless Broncos. He's played at least 73% of the snaps and had 15 touches in three of the last four. So the, the volume has been there for Cam Akers. And you think about both uh, the Chargers this week and then Seattle next week, both of them bottom five run defenses uh, in terms of most rushing yards allowed to running backs this entire year. You can run on both those guys, despite the fact that the Rams are like on, I think their 400th different version of their offensive line. Cam Akers seems to be the guy people drafted and not like, I hated Cam Akers in the preseason because I'm like, he hasn't been. We talked about this, Jay. You and I talked about this. He hasn't been good. Um, he, you know, coming back from the injury, we have concerns about the offensive line. They've got Daryl Henderson there. Uh, they've got, you know, kind of a committee in L.A. And so all that was right. And he's, he's traded. He's released whole thing. But now it's Cam Akers' world. We just live in it. He's available in over 30% of Yahoo leagues. And obviously, if he's out there, he's a must grab. Yeah, I think the 
I'm not sure if it's a funny thing, but the thing is, is that there would have been a lot of people who drafted Cam Akers thinking that he could be the guy he was pre-injury, and then they would have dropped him, and then they would have lost their fantasy playoff matchup this weekend because of Cam Akers, because someone picked him up off the waiver wire, and that's a pretty good summation, I think, of how Akers' season has gone, and McVay is talking about how they want him to be a big part of the future now, so uh, you're right, it is Cam Akers' world. It's also Tyler Algiers' well. The, the better question, by the way, is, is Sean McVay part of the future? Yeah, I think he will. I mean, just like, if you're Sean McVay, you're Sean McVay, I've got my Super Bowl ring, I'm young, and I can either sit here and try to rebuild this thing because we've got no picks, and it's all a disaster. We, we, we've traded away our entire future. Or I can go to, like, Amazon for, like, $22 million a year and just, you know, criticize other people from the booth. He's got Baker Mayfield. I, mean, I, don't know if, I don't know if a job, a TV job is out there for him with that kind of money that he was being offered, but I would think so. Like, he's he's very charismatic. He's really well-spoken. He's highly intelligent, obviously. He's good on TV. Like, anytime you see an interview, like, he's super likable. I've met him a handful of times over the years. He's he's as, he's as likable and personable in person as you would think he is. Like, what you see on TV is what he is in person. Like, he's great. Like, I don't know. You're just married, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Be hard to tr- it's hard to turn that down, is what I'm saying, right? You know? So. Sean McVay's got a lot of choices that all sound pretty good. I don't think Amazon's yeah. going to pay Tyler Algier $22 million, but he might win some leagues for you. You know, Tyler Algier has more rushing yards this season than Ken Walker. Uh, I just found that out last night, which is a really weird thing. But Algier has been on a tear the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is that, like, we talked about him last week as well on Fantasy Football uh, Happy Hour about the fact that, like, he, he's playing more than Cordero Patterson, you know? And so we talked him up a little bit. And certainly, as you mentioned, the work has been there. Back-to-back games now with over 18 touches and over 115 total yards. 59% snap rate last week. Uh, he outsnapped Cordero Patterson 42 to 26, which you like that. And now he gets the Arizona Cardinals who have allowed over 100 rushing yards to running backs in three straight games. They obviously, as we talked about with Mike Florio um, last week, we said, hey, what's the expectation with Desmond Ritter now under center in Atlanta? And Florio was like, the same. Arthur Smith wants to run the same offense, just hopefully a little bit better, more efficiently. And that's what it appears has happened with Desmond Ritter. Like, it's still been very run-centric and very run-heavy, protecting the quarterback, not really exposing him. But Desmond Ritter has looked... Again, this is sort of daming with faint praise, but Desmond Ritter has looked better than Marcus Mariota. To the extent that's a compliment, he has, right? And so they are moving the ball, and Tyler Algier, the rookie, is suddenly like, yeah, he's become a thing. He's available, by the way, in over 50% of Yahoo League. So uh, assuming Cam Akers is gone, Algier is my number one pick for this week. You like him against Arizona, and you're not scared about Tampa Bay in Week 17. I mean, we just saw what James Conner did with Trace McSorley on her center against them last week. Yep. Let's jump to another rookie running back now in James Cook, who's available in 48% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, he had 11 carries, 99 yards against the Bears, and now is in this blockbuster matchup against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, this one's a little bit nervous to me. Like, James Cook should be good. Like, I believe in the talent. And getting a piece of the Bills' offense is really good. And if there's a positive to James Cook, it's the fact that he's had at least 11 fantasy points in three of the past four games. He's playing 40% of the snaps over that stretch. He's had over 100 total yards in two of the past four. But you see that week 14 game against the Jets where he only got five touches for 15, right? And you think about that week 15 game against the Dolphins where he only got seven touches for 39 yards. He bails you out with a touchdown. But it's hard to expect that 
Like, it's just, it's weird, right? And even last week, he had 108 yards, but a lot of it came on one big play. He only had 12 touches in that game. And so, given the fact that they, you've obviously got Devin Singletary there, Josh Allen, as we saw last week, is always a threat to also take it at the goal line. Josh Allen had a rushing touchdown last year. And you still see, like, a handful of snaps from Naheem Hines. Like, it just... You're banking on the upside and uh, and the fact that he's a part of an explosive offense. And they're going to need to score points on Monday night against Cincinnati. But uh, this is not without risk. Make no mistake about it. Like, I just... If James Cook has, you know, five touches for, you know, 22 yards on Monday night against the Bengals, I'm not shocked, right? Yeah, potentially a higher floor for your star-crossed lover, Mr. Chuba Hubbard, who uh, continues to just cook and now gets a matchup against Tampa Bay, an NFC South potentially deciding blockbuster. Uh, How do you feel about Chuba this week? You know what? What's crazy about Chuba Hubbard is that the volume is we talk about volume and we talk about James Cook, whose volume is, you know, hasn't totally been there with Chuba Hubbard. As you see it there, massive volume, uh, massive volume. I mean, the two of them, uh, they're running it like again, he's, you know, 16 rushing attempts to just 31, but also getting three receptions. So, I mean, he's, he's averaging basically double digit touches over his last two weeks. It's worth noting as well that over the last two weeks, he's outsnapped Deontay Foreman. He's had four straight games with over 65 yards from scrimmage as well. They want to go run heavy. I mean, this this is a team that is running the ball at just an insane rate. Uh, and, and so Chuba Hubbard, like Deontay Foreman's already there. But again, against Tampa Bay, I think you can run in Tampa Bay and just the volume gets you there with Chuba Hubbard. So I think he's a viable flex. I think both him and Deontay Foreman, like I prefer those guys as flexes just because They've run so effectively. Like, I was shocked. I mean, I just own this. I was shocked at how well they ran against Detroit. The Lions have been a top five run defense over the last six weeks or so. And then, and Carolina was just like, we don't care. And they're just breaking off chunk play after chunk play. And so Sam Darnold is playing well. He's playing efficient. Like, he's staying within that offense. Like, credits, again, like, Steve Wilkes and Ben McAdoo, like, um, are really playing to this team's strengths. And so both guys, I mean, Foreman's rostered in almost every league, uh, but Chuba Hubbard is still out there and he's getting enough work, especially in PPR formats, where I think he's viable this week. Yep, Panthers just keep on pounding. We're going to keep pounding after the break. When we come back, wide receiver waivers, including Detective Drake London. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I, I wrote I wrote extensively about Algier 
buttons showing. You see, what, what you do to, to look a little bit casual for these things, you don't button the top button, okay? I'm no dork. I'm no dork. I, I keep that unbuttoned, and then you have the tie a little loose. So it looks like you're cutting loose a little bit at the Christmas party, at the at the Hoffa's Christmas party. Hey, bud, where are the appetizers? This guac's good, isn't it? Things like that. You can look you can look cool, loose. Uh, anyway, I uh, don't know how I get off on the tangents. Algier. I think Algier is the play. I wrote about him, like I said, in my piece. All right. If you want, if you want, fan, if you want fashion tips with sporadic fantasy advice, Danny Carter, the great Danny Carter, who I absolutely would not want to see let loose at a Christmas party. He will be doing his live fantasy Q&A at 1 p.m. on the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. You got to follow up there, Matthew? Do you think uh, do you think he ever does let loose? I mean, you just heard what like he's just like, hey, like I'm not his example of being cool was uh, walking to a holiday party and say, hey man, like you know, where's the appetizers or whatever? I, I mean, like you know, like yeah, good guac. Whatever it is he said there, like I'm just. I like that he self-proclaimed that he's no dork, which is always usually the thing that you when do. you have to proclaim it. I <laughs> yeah. I just like. I just like the Denny Carter humble brag that he gets invited to holiday parties. Or do you think he was just pretending that if, in fact, he actually did get invited to a holiday party, that that's what he would do? He would wear a, a tie loose and walk in to ask where the appetizers were. It's a very much a hypothetical party. Look, there's a lot going on with Denny Carter. There's a lot to unpack. The cadence of his voice really rattles me uh, every time. But uh, head over to the NFL and NBC Sports YouTube channel to get that cadence at 1 p.m. We're going to talk waiver-wide wide receivers. I'm going to start off with the new hero of NCIS Los Angeles, and that's Detective Drake London, who uh, continues to be more and more interesting with Desmond Ritter. Again, we sort of talked about this with Tyler Algier. They want to run this offense the same as they have been, but just more efficiently, just better with Desmond Ritter. And if nothing else, Desmond Ritter has been able to get the ball to Drake London over the last three games. He's had over 14 fantasy points per game. In the two starts that Desmond Ritter has had, a 30, 35% target share for Detective Drake London. In fact, he's accounted for 53% of the Falcons' receiving yards since he took over as well. So at least six for 70 in three straight games here. Playing Arizona, not a defense that scares you despite what we saw from Tampa Bay, I mean, um, last week. So yeah, I think he is, I think he's viable. He was a top 22 wide receiver last week. That sounds about right. He's a wide receiver three for me this week, and he's available in about 40% of Yahoo leagues. Yep. All right, let's talk about Detective Johan Dotson, who continues to rise, and he went off against the once vaunted uh, San Francisco pass defense, but uh, he did whatever he wanted. Yeah, it's Jahan Dotson, just so you know. I, I don't know what how they pronounce it in Australia, but here in America, it's Jahan. <laughs> The, no. the J is the stronger there than you pronounced it here. But what I'll just tell you is, obviously, as a Commanders fan, the kid's a baller. He's just a straight, flat-out baller. He's a he's a first-round pick. And you sort of think about the first-round picks, of the wide receiver first-round picks from the NFL draft this year. Think about Garrett Wilson. You think about Chris Olave. Like, you think about some of these guys that have just, you know, been, just been nothing short of 
uh, terrific this year. And Dotson is right there. His third straight game with a touchdown. He's had at least six targets in three straight. Last week, a 26.5% target share. And in his six games in where he's gotten at least five targets this year, he scored at least 16 fantasy points in five of them. They play the Browns this week. And whether it's Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke under center, Ron Rivera has not named who his starter is. My expectation are is, is that Dotson's going to get a lot of looks. Uh, you could even argue that Wentz being under center would be better for Dotson because Heineke looked so often for McLaurin. But, um, but even with Heineke, Dotson has been able to make plays. They're not as scared to take shots downfield with him. They're so good at running the ball, Washington, is, is that they set up play action. And so uh, often, given the, the double teams that McLaurin sees, that Dotson's getting a lot of single coverage. And when he gets single coverage, he wins that. They're not scared to throw a 50-50 ball to him. He wins up and he for a guy that isn't that big, he wins a lot of jump balls. Dotson's just, I love this kid. He's a flat out baller. This is a fan of the team. Love the kid. He's also obviously very fantasy viable. He was a top 12 wide receiver last week. I think he's a top 20 uh, guy potentially this week against Cleveland. And he's available in 77% of leagues. Yeah, sorry, Matthew. I missed all your points on Dotson. I'm too busy trying to pull my body out of the morgue after you annihilated me on the pronunciation of his name. Guess I should start calling myself Yay Croucher or something. But I believe, believe the next I like guy. Yay Croucher. Yeah, Yay Croucher. Yay. Why not? Croucher. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, I believe the next guy's name is pronounced Brandon Cooks. He plays the Jags. <laughs> Might be the Jags' backups. In fact, because they got nothing to play for either. Just like the Titans, and uh, Brandon Cooks might be viable this week. Only three teams in the NFL give up more touchdowns to opposing wide receivers than my Jacksonville Swaguars. To your point, they have nothing to play for either. It all comes down to Week 18 against the Tennessee Titans. So maybe they rest some defensive starters, such as it is again in a game that doesn't mean much against the Texans. So last week, Week 16, first game he's played since Week 12. Brandon Cooks got a 31% target share, including winning, uh, catching the game winner as well. Maybe all is forgiven there. We've never questioned Brandon Cooks' talent. It's always been sort of the role and the chemistry there on the team is that doesn't feel like it's always been uh, smooth sailing between the team and uh, the veteran. But uh, all seems to be good now. And so with Nico Collins continuing to be out, Brandon Cooks, talented guy, and he's playing. it's a good matchup even if they've got their starters in. And to your point, Jay, very good chance we're going to see at least some backups. So Brandon Cooks, who's available in about 50% of Yahoo League, slightly less. I think he's a viable pickup this week as well, if he's out there. Yep, and so is DJ Chark, who got a little submarined by the Shane Zilstra uh, experience in Carolina. But he gets this matchup against the Bears, who are really banged up in the secondary. Jared Goff back in his friendly dome environs. And the total for this game is 52. DJ Chark available in 49% of leagues, Matthew. He's had 90 receiving yards in three of his past four games. And to your point, Jared Goff is red hot when he's at home. They're playing at home in this week against a defense that uh, we don't think a lot high. We don't think that highly of. So listen, the Bears gave up a touchdown to Gabe Davis last week. Anything is possible. It's all happening. It is all happening. And we are going to go to break now when we come back. Quarterback waivers headline by the return of the Mike White and Shining Armor. Jets QB's back. No more Zach Wilson. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. 
Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, waiver-wired quarterbacks. We've got Matthew Barry here to talk about the great Mike White. Now, Matthew, the line on this game at BetMGM, it was Seahawks minus one and a half when it looked like Mike White might not play. And now it's Jets minus two and a half. So that's the great final injustice for Zach Wilson. That is it, Mike White being back, cleared by the 13th, 17th doctor, whatever, has moved the line four points against the Seattle Seahawks. Mike White uh, making a big impact on betting. What do you think fantasy-wise? Yeah, I mean, I think same as well. Like, you know, people dropped him when he got hurt. And so if he, he's out there in like 83% of leagues, he's a very viable starter. Like he's had three starts this year. He's averaging over 317 passing yards per game. He's averaging 43 pass attempts per game as you see it there on your screen. Nice matchup with the Seahawks who have allowed passing touchdowns at the fifth highest rate this season. How crazy is this, Jake Croucher, that at the beginning of the year, if we just said in week 17, Mike White versus Geno Smith, would not only be a thing, but a thing that fantasy managers would circle on their calendars as being a game to target. Sort of crazy. But Mike White's my number one quarterback waiver wire pickup this week if he's out there in your league, and he likely should be. Yep. Gardner Minshew is available in 73% of leagues. He balled out against the Dallas defense, and he uh, prospered with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Now, don't still don't know the exact status of Jalen Hurts, but Minshew uh, looks like a viable streamer against the Saints' defense if Hurts can't go. Look, he had 40 pass attempts last week. That's more than Jalen Hurts has had in any game this season. Sort of makes sense, A, because the Cowboys put up a lot of points and also because, like, he doesn't have the rushing upside of Jalen Hurts does, although he's more mobile than a lot of quarterbacks. But given how well he played last week, Given the fact that, like, in his three starts as a starter for the Eagles, he's averaging over to 18 fantasy points per game. And those skills players around Gardner Minshew, if he is starting this week, he's a very viable starter. He's more the upside play. The next guy we're going to talk about here, Jay, I think is much more of the floor play. Yeah, well, that's Brock Purdy, who's available in 64% of leagues. Now, I think the thing with Purdy is that we thought that it would be it'd be screen passes to McCaffrey or Debo before Debo went down, but he's doing real stuff out there. He's thrown deep to George Kittle. He's woken up George Kittle's season. George Kittle looks like a top two tight end at the moment. And Purdy now gets the Raiders' defense, where Denzel Perryman's likely going to be out. Chandler Jones is likely going to be out. It's already a bad defense. And, uh, and Purdy looks like a viable option this week. He really does. Like Since taking over the starter, he's averaged over 17 fantasy points per game. He's had multiple touchdown passes in every single game he's played. And then you mentioned the matchup with the Raiders, who give him the six most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks and won't have Perryman in this one. You feel good about Brock Purdy. Again, I think he is money in the bank for 15 fantasy points, but I think it's probably hard to see him getting past 
17 or 18. So the expectation here is that, again, he's much more of a floor play if you need to swing for the fences. And assuming Gardner Minshew is starting, he's the upside play. Yep, I'm with you there. All right, very quickly, let's talk about Carson Wentz. If he starts, and he hasn't been named the starter yet, but if he starts, he's had at least 21 fantasy points in three of his six starts this year. Like, they're going to throw as well. I mean, look, and looked good last week, 123, 12 for 16 after he came in for Taylor Heineke. It's not a matchup that scares you against the Browns secondary. So if Carson Wentz is out there, viable streamer. Okay, I like it. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, defensive streamers and tight ends, including Taysom Hill. All right, defensive special team streamers, Jags at Texans, Giants against the Colts. Who do you like out of these two, Matthew? Give me the Giants. I mean, again, we just saw what the Chargers did to the Colts. Um, Giants playing for something. I think the Jaguars are interesting too, but the Texans have been plucky. And as you mentioned, the Jaguars might be benching starters. So both viable, but give me the Giants if I have to pick between these two. Yep, I'm with you there. Giants' D-line suddenly is a little monstrous with Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and Kayvon Thibodeau emerging. Let's talk about tight ends. Let's start with Tyler Higby of the Rams, who along with Cam Akers just went absolutely off against the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, he's only available in 35% of leagues, but if he's out there, he's obviously viable. 39% target share last week with Baker Mayfield under center. He's now had back-to-back games with a touchdown with Baker Mayfield, and you're not scared about the, the matchup against the Chargers. And by the way, we'll see if um, we'll see if Derwin James is in this game. Like, who knows? He may be suspended for a game. We don't know how that's going to play out. Got to mention, as long as we're talking tight ends, we got to mention Taysom Hill. Okay. Tight end eligible Taysom, Taysom Hill. He's playing Philadelphia as well. Three straight games with double digit fantasy points. They want to, um, they're playing Philadelphia. One way to slow down the Eagles offense is to run the ball against them. He's had a he's had an inside the 10-yard line touch in three of the last five games. He's touched on dependent, but he's going to get a, a more run than normal. Yep, Taysom Hill unsided, then suddenly sided and put up some stats against Cleveland. All right, Matthew Barry. Florida man. I'm going to close this out today. It is closing home, Matthew Berry. It's closing time, Matthew Berry. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Everyone have fun. Matthew, have fun in Florida. We're out of here. Peace out. That's my line! Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.